G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Realfaith.org.au I had a really good relationship with my dad and so him and I would often be talking about topics about God and about relationship with Christ and what that meant. And then so when he actually ended up being diagnosed with cancer and so as a teenager when hearing about a very close family member having cancer it's quite surreal because when you're that young you don't really think about it. Our life passes away. It's too far away. Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith with Eric Scadabo. Steph Taylor is only in her 20s now, but when she was only 10 years old, she knew she wanted to be a storyteller. Actually, it all began when she told a story in front of over 100 students at her school using only two pieces of bark as her props. That was the moment she knew. Well, we're going to find out about that moment today and a whole lot more as Steph shares her story with us. And also, she'll tell us some of the stories that she's entered into a nationwide Christian writing competition. Steph Taylor, welcome to the program. Thanks, Eric. Good to be here. Glad to have you with us. And you're joining us from the Geelong area in Victoria? Yes, that's right. Okay, and I want to find out about this bark story. What What is that all about? <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. I absolutely love telling this story because I find it a little bit fun to giggle at myself. <laughs> um, as a 10-year-old, I was, um, I think, just in the school playground, and I was really bored. Uh, a friend of mine was, I don't know, sick, so what do you do as a, as a child that you pick up sticks and stones? So uh, down two pieces of bark, decided that uh, I could entertain myself with these, and um, made a bit of a comical skit out of them, and I thought this would be great to share with my friends, so... Out of like a little classroom assembly, I decided to um, move this great big block over in front of my class and I started just performing like this little um, short story. Wait a second. Did you get permission from the teachers or did you just go into this? <laughs> I was a rebellious child. No, <laughs> um, of course. <laughs> we had, um, oh, you might remember, show and tell, the classic oh, okay. childhood yep, yep. classroom activity. Okay. So everyone normally brings in not like their toys or something super flashy. Think Back in the day, it was a Game Boy, and that was probably the most exciting thing you could bring in. <laughs> um, and then here come I with these two little pieces of bark. <laughs> and just me bringing these two pieces of bark just made the students laugh already. So I thought, okay, this is a good start. I'll work with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then I just uh, made a bit of a story with these two pieces of bark, used my imagination, and the students loved it. They just thought it was hilarious to be um, creating a bit of a show with two pieces of bark, which I named Bob and Frank. So that was the uh, show, Bob and Frank show. Oh, wow. So you just made up this story and told it in front of everybody? Yeah, exactly. And I would never plan it. It was always improv. But yeah, students loved it. And then eventually just went over to uh, the junior school assembly. And then even they all loved it. So I just kept coming back uh, oh, wow. whenever I could. So it kept growing from there. 
Yes, exactly. When I moved into middle school, because there is that transition between year four and year five, mm-hmm. I came back because they were wanting to uh, see the Bob and Frank show again. <laughs> it was quite famous. It was amazing. So you peaked in middle school? Junior school. As though I was, uh, you know, uh, very famous in junior school. And then I went back to being more so introverted. Oh, so you're kind of introverted. Is that right? Yes, yes. That's right. I love spending time with people, but mm-hmm. I always do need to sit down and recharge my batteries. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. why I found myself writing a little bit more, because to uh, find my own space just to recharge, I would love writing down stories. So I'd either be performing them with my pieces of bark or <laughs> writing them down with some pen and paper. <laughs> yeah, wow. So that's interesting that you came out of your shell to kind of be a performer, but then kind of went back into it and are expressing yourself through creative writing, which is something more introverted or something that an introvert would be more comfortable doing. Yeah, exactly. Best of both worlds, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's find out a little bit more about your background. Obviously, you're in the Geelong area now. Is that where you were born and raised? Yes, that's right. Born and raised in Geelong. I grew up with family. Uh, We were all Christian, and so Mm I went to church, and that just became part of the normal lifestyle there. And went to all Christian school and church, and that was just really part of the routine. So I always had a faith in God. I suppose it just always seemed real to me, having that surrounded family and community. It probably didn't really occur to me too much about what who God was to me, because I think he was always quite present, but also a little bit distant, because mm. I never quite had a very, I guess, grounding relationship with him until a particular moment when I grew up and it was in my adolescence and that was when I was 17 and I had a really good relationship with my dad and so him and I would often be talking about um, topics about God and about relationship with Christ and what that meant Mm -hmm. Um, and then so when he I actually ended up being diagnosed with cancer in 2012 and so as a teenager when mm. hearing about a very close family member having cancer it, it's quite surreal because oh, yeah. when you're that young yeah. you don't really think that our life passes away it's too far away yeah and so during that time i really found myself leaning more so towards god because i recognized that while i have an earthly father i also have a, a heavenly father mm. as well and yeah. so my perspective between God being more distant changed to be more fatherly, and I actually grew my relationship more in Him as I started to see that uh, my earthly father, you know, our life passes away. And so I then began to lean more on Christ, which was a blessing in disguise, really, especially during the time when I started getting more sick. And so, interestingly enough, my dad was actually a very fit man, and so he was a stonemason. And he ended up getting heart cancer of all places. Hmm. And it only ended up being a month before he ended up passing away. And I think the moment when he passed away was the most impacting for me. Um, and it's the, it's the moment which I wrote about in A Timeless Symphony, which is featured in the Stories of Life anthology. So you wrote a short story about the death of your father because it had such a huge impact on your life at 17 years old. And so could you please read for us the final paragraph of that story after everything you had gone through? I mean, this was a significant moment in your life. So the moment when I was in the hospital room with my family, mm-hmm. we were all standing around his hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And I remember the curtains were drawn because it was quite bright in there. And so he also had the 
all the lights turned off and the atmosphere was just quite uh, sad. And so it was it was after school and I remember that my recital was meant to be playing. I had my instruments off to the side. I had a guitar and clarinet. I was part of the orchestra and then I also had a bit of a guitar piece to play. And so I suppose to detach myself, I almost began starting um, playing some melodies in my mind as the hospital machines were ticking. Mm. And so finding a way to find some beauty in the midst of that because while it was quite a, a grim moment, we're also all still together, which is very mm. much a blessing. Yeah. It was in the moment when I lost my dad, which was very impacting. And so I'll begin by saying that witnessing the sudden departing of a life is a sobering smack in the face. Nothing is quite as surreal as this moment. His body is still here, but he isn't. How can we say he left us? when at the same time he hasn't. Stepping to the back of the room, I know he isn't here anymore, and there's no guess as to what part of him is gone. Even at 17 years old, I can see that something left my father. I had just witnessed proof that there's more to us than flesh. After this witness, how could anyone deny it? His very being is gone, yet his body is still here. Some might call it his spirit or heart, but however you perceive it, the impression his absence left is profound. Life doesn't end with death. It is a timeless symphony. Wow, that, that's beautiful writing and very impactful moment. What was the response that you received from people who read your short story? It was more so the telling of, of people, I suppose, because it was something which I explained then afterwards. I think in that moment, it was very much a, a grim moment. And then the small piece of light at the end is it is a, a timeless symphony so it is the hope that we have and so when I was telling my friends and family this they felt very much inspired that something could go so wrong and yet at the same time there be so much light and I think it's something which gave them uh, confidence and mm -hmm. courage I think because you know life can throw us curveballs yeah. all over the place yeah. and we have no idea what to do with them mm -hmm. So to be able to then lean on to that understanding, I think, is really quite grounding for, for ourselves and for anyone who witnesses it. So I found that to be an amazing experience, mm -hmm. I think, just in and of itself, because as I was writing the story, it was uh, a bit of a, a young ignorance there because um, I wasn't really thinking of the reader who would be reading this story. I was also writing it just out of the flow of my heart mm -hmm. um, and having the story of just how I experienced Christ in the midst of all of that. And it wasn't until I think the very end as I was about to submit the story that I thought, oh, readers are going to be reading this. <laughs> what exactly do I want to be encouraging others to understand? And so it was from the outflow of my time after that, which really brought to light the um, impact that it had on me. And it was ultimately the hope in the midst of that seemingly endless road where you don't really know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. All you can do is just lean on the strength of God. Amen. And if I remember correctly, you mentioned to me previously that you had no intention of sharing this publicly originally. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Because as a teenager, when you're, I suppose, experience this, you tend to withdraw and uh, in denial, which is, mm. I think, how I depicted it as well. When I was in a hospital room and I tried to detach myself by imagining the music flowing around me hmm. with all the hospital machines ticking. 
And so when then you're in the midst of that, I think that's often how it works. It's shock, denial, repeat. Mm. And it's not until I think you're able to process it more that you realize that it's, it's not just yourself. It's not isolating because even in the hospital room, there are all my other family members around me. It felt lonely, but we were also still all together. Mm. And there was strength in that. Yeah. And so I didn't want to initially even submit but I also knew that it wasn't a story just for me. It was a, a story for others because God isn't just for us. It's yeah. for everyone. Yeah. So another part of creative writing is that it can be very cathartic for going through a difficult circumstance. Mm, yes. I found it to be very both challenging and healing all at the same mm-hmm. time. It was a very confusing time, but nonetheless, very much a time of growth. Because a lot of times people who are going through some traumatic experience will find journaling very helpful for them. And then Mm, at some point you're like, well, maybe it will be helpful to other people to read about going through this. Is that kind of what happened to you? Yes, absolutely. I used to journal actually all the time as a kid. Hmm. So I loved it. Yeah. And then I think that's also another uh, avenue into how I started doing more of the storytelling. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I suppose uh, writing is... uh, the way that I, I suppose, process life difficulties and, and reading and sharing stories. Our guest today is Steph Taylor from the Geelong area in Victoria. Steph just shared with us about the moment her father died when she was only 17 years old. Steph then wrote about that experience and eventually entered it into a creative writing contest. We'll hear more of Steph's story, including more about her writing, when we return right here on Real Faith. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. You're listening to Real Faith, conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and today I'm chatting with a young aspiring writer named Steph Taylor. Steph has entered some of her short stories into creative writing contests and has had them published. Before their break, we heard about one story she wrote regarding the moment her father died from cancer when she was only 17 years old. She shared her personal thoughts and reflections of what was going through her mind at that time. Now here's more of my conversation with Steph Taylor. Now, it takes uh, a bit of vulnerability to share something so personal publicly. Do you regret having shared your experiences? Absolutely not. I think it would be more regretful not to share them because Mm -hmm. if anything, it's more harmful not to be sharing our faith and our hope with God because that's when it becomes isolating. And Mm -hmm. if we're isolating ourselves, we're isolating others as well. And we miss out on that opportunity to open ourselves up and have that community of Christ around us. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important for everyone. But it is a little scary. Definitely scary. (laughs) Yeah, but you overcame it and (laughs) you submitted it, and it was one of the finalists uh, for that particular year, I understand. Uh, Yes, yes, that's correct. So wonderful. You're using your faith and your creativity 
to bless others and it's also helping you. What happened next in your life after that? After that, I found that to be a very interesting time. By interesting, I mean that life just changed so much and so rapidly. Mm -hmm. It was a time when I was finishing up school. I was deciding where I was going to go in life and I was one of those students who just shrugged. I didn't know what I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was be a storyteller. I didn't huh. know how. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was then moved into graphic design purely because I had this portfolio which I just spent ages on. And what I did from there, because I spent so much time studying, that was where I put all my time and energy. So because things were changing so much at home, I found that school was very much a place where things were more stable. So I spent a lot more time working on my assignments because that was a place mm. that I could see changing. There were more predictable changes at school than there were at home. So mm. I found myself studying a lot more. And through that, it ended up leading me away from writing and more so towards graphic design of all things mm. because do not ask me to draw anything. I'll draw <laughs> you a stick figure. But it is creativity. I mean, it's all part of that, but it's not the same kind. Absolutely. Graphic design was very much a, a diverse area and it was an industry that was growing because it's all digital based and as the world has grown more digital, that is the direction that I started to take yeah. a little bit more. So now you went to a Christian school your whole life, raised in a Christian family, and then suddenly you're in a secular graphic design school. Yeah. And what helped you keep strong in your faith? It was the understanding that God's permission has always been there for me. I think so. After my dad passed away, I always found that there was provision, whether it was for my mother who was looking for work because she had had some part-time work in finances, mm -hmm. and it took her a while to find some work, but she still ended up finding a really good full-time job, which she was able to keep for a number of years, and also... Even I found some work as well so that I wouldn't have to keep asking my mother hmm. for money. So which impacted my faith was the understanding that God is always with us mm -hmm. and He never forsakes us and He never leaves us. Even though things can turn, not as we expected, He is definitely always there. Mm -hmm. God has never left me. And I could see that in my everyday walk and life, whether it was landing a job that I definitely wasn't expecting to have because it was a, a surprise interview and I went into the surprise interview with a huge chocolate stain on my shorts and yeah, I still had the job. <laughs> oh, wow. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> You're that good though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I must have whipped out my two pieces of the back to present to them and they just were wowed. <laughs> Going back to your grade school days. So then you finished graphic design school, but what about writing? When did that come back in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. That was coming in and out because as I was growing up, I loved telling stories. And it wasn't until later in high school where I was turning them into stories. But at that same time, that was when I was also meant to be writing essays. And I didn't find writing essays all that fun, but I thought normal writing would be better. And that's still considered studying English, surely. <laughs> so that's where probably I really started writing, which wasn't exactly the best timing. But it happened nonetheless. And that's probably where it sparked more of my interest. Um, I didn't truly pursue writing until, unclear enough, after university when I got my first job. And I found the time in the mornings 
to be able to write. And while I was working in Melbourne, I tried to get up before all the traffic, which meant getting up at 5.30 in the morning just wow. to make sure that I had time to write. Wow, that's yeah. dedication. <laughs> Thank but, you. But I mean, yeah. that's the level of your passion for expressing yourself through writing. Yes, it became um, something which was very important to me as I realized that the more stories that I told, the easier it was to create these other worlds. And then eventually you entered some of your stories into the Stories of Life Christian Writing Competition. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And another story besides the one that you shared earlier is about going out for a walk in nature. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Can you tell us the background behind that story? Absolutely. That one is titled A Kodak Moment, and that was when I was 15 years old, and I was hiking in the Victorian Alps. This was for a U9 program where we had everything on our backs. So for 14 days, we were traveling all around the mountains and camping and hiking, and basically that was on repeat for 14 days. It was very, very character-building, actually, um, especially as adolescents. Mm Mm-hmm. In general, what impact did that experience have on you? I think I found the nature around to be very much insightful in terms of just how much we often believe that we've run the world. If we're surrounded by concrete buildings and roads and lights and traffic lights, we tend to believe that we built the world. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we're out in nature, whether it's through a forest or by the river, we start to see that we didn't actually create the world. That was God. Yeah, yeah. And so growing up in the city, I didn't quite appreciate all of that God had created. So here you are, a city kid going out into the country for several days, and this is having a huge impact on you. So could you please read for us the final paragraph of that story called The Kodak Moment? The Kodak Moment, yep. If someone told us that the mosque which glimmered along the creek from the morning dew was a fluke of atoms, I'd be more suspicious at the odds for such repetitively random beauty. The longer we spent away from the world of man-made buildings, lights, roads, air conditioning, and even clocks, the more we stopped believing that we had built the world, or that the world revolved around us. We truly were just a grain of sand in the midst of a vast desert, not a collision of atoms. The uncertainties and troubles in life suddenly felt so much smaller when we returned home and our mindset toward others and appreciation of God's creation had grown as a result. Wow. So just a simple trip like that could have such a profound impact on you and appreciating God's creation. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your creative writing today. Let's end with a Bible verse that's had a huge impact on your life. So the verse which really had a huge impact on my growth, as, particularly as an adult, is in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you hope and a future. And why was that so significant for you? That was very much uh, a grounding place for me to understand that God's provision is always there and His will is always good. While we don't understand the complexities and the seriousness of God, His will is always good and we are always safe in His arms. Amen. And of course, I mean, you went through the tragedy of the death of your father at such a young age, which is hard enough emotionally, but then you're also sharing about, on practical terms, you know, he was the main breadwinner in your family. Is that right? 
Yes, that's correct. And so a lot of things changed in my family yeah. as a result of that. So leaning on God's provision was very important for all of us. Yeah, and so you could have turned bitter toward God. Hey, you know, where's my dad, you know? But you leaned into God and trusted in Him through it all and shared about your experience through your creative writing. Yes, that's right. And we're a blessing to others. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Our guest today has been Steph Taylor. She is a writer, as we've been talking about, and she has entered several of her stories in the Stories of Life competition. To find out more about the Stories of Life Christian Creative Writing Competition, you can go to their website, storiesoflife.net. That's storiesoflife.net. been listening to Real Faith and if you have any questions or comments you can send us a message through our website realfaith.org.au that's realfaith.org.au thanks for listening and we invite you to join us again next time for more conversations about God working in the lives of people who put their faith and trust in him that's real people real life and real faith Real Faith is a production of Vision Christian Media. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.